thank you, Fedna. <coughs> Beautiful music. Now, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Abin Bible Church, and uh, welcome to our communion table. And this time is uh, the time when we get serious with God, and we confess our sins, and then we want to invite the Holy Spirit, whom we know, to live in us when we believed in Jesus. We want Him to cleanse us, fill us, and lead us. So give God a moment of silence. We'll pray. Holy Father in heaven, we come to your throne of majesty and grace. We come here to acknowledge you as our God, our Creator, our Father, and our King. We are here to honor you, starting from accepting your grace. The fact that you loved us, you chose the church before the foundation of the world to, to be prepared as the bride of Christ for the eternity uh, future. And you had a good purpose in your heart for us before even anything material is created. And for that, we are grateful. We are also grateful that you sent your son, your only begotten son, the second person of the triune God, to enter into the world that you created together. And he became the God-man, the only holy man, who lived a sinless life, who didn't deserve death, but he voluntarily went to the cross to suffer the worst kind of death because of his obedience to you and his love for us. For that, we are obedient. We are also grateful for you sending the Holy Spirit, you the Father and the Son together sent the Holy Spirit to enter into the world, to start a new mission, to live in the hearts of the church, to make our bodies the new temple of God. He lives within. The indwelling is eternal, though the filling depends on our obedience. We thank you for giving us the regeneration which guarantees the glorification, and we vow to you that we will cooperate for the sanctification. So this morning, as we gather together on this holy ground, in this church which is dedicated to teach your truths and honor your moral standards, we are here to confess any thoughts, any words or actions that is contrary to your holy nature. That's sin. We know that you have made us holy because we believed in Jesus. You have given his righteousness to us, and he has carried away our sin. But as we walk in, in this world on this soil, we get dirty because the world tempts us, Satan tempts us, and our flesh tempts us. And we do not always keep our holiness, and for that, we recognize as fact, and we are sorry for this fact. We recognize that it's not our desire to sin, but it's because of our weakness. And we pray that you will continue to forgive us, to cleanse us with Jesus' blood, and to fill us as we request with the Holy Spirit, so that he will take the realm, the, uh, the helm of our ship. He will take the, the rulership of our life that we will listen to his still, gentle, small voice, and we will be guided 
and we're willing to walk on the path of holiness to heaven. We pray that this is our will, this is our wish and decision, and we pray that you will honor our request and not only cleanse us from all the sins before, but now fill us, lead us to live a life in holiness, to step up on the floors of holiness infinite, uh, infinitely until the time we see Christ face to, fa face to face. And we pray that in the process, you will always keep us straight. And we pray in Jesus Christ's holy name and for his glory. Amen. The cross is the center of history. We know that. Jesus Christ is the major hero of all of the story of time. We know that. And then there is a Christian theme. It's a pretty popular theme these days. People say Christ in every book of the Bible. And I have told you that I would say I accept that theme with reservation because uh, Christ is in some books more directly than others. Uh, we have spent a long time talking about Christ in the Psalms, in our communion devotion. And uh, Christ is directly prophesied in the Psalms, right? Many, many places. But for Christ in the wisdom books, the rest of the wisdom books, there are four of them, right? There are five wisdom poetry books. What are they? Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, 
and the Song of Solomon. So, yes, he's definitely in Psalms. In Job, we found out, in a sense, Job is mostly talking about the righteous suffering. But in a sense, Christ is in Job because Job believed that one day he will stand face to face before the Lord in the body. So, resurrection is what he believed. And he will stand in front of the Lord. And who is that Lord? <coughs> that will be Jesus Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, in Proverbs, it talked about the eternal wisdom who existed before the foundation of the world, who is typified by the woman of excellence. And we think, theologically, this should be pointing to the Holy Spirit in person rather than the Word. Jesus Christ. However, to believe in Jesus is the first application of the eternal wisdom because not believing in Jesus who loves you would be foolish, right? And believing him would be wise. Okay, so it's an application of the wisdom. And we talked about in Ecclesiastes, okay, um, where is Christ? It says, you, yes, the world is empty and Many things are vain, vanity. However, you still can try to live your life responsibly and live a meaningful and uh, pleasant life. Just remember, while you enjoy your life, you need to remember you have boundaries. And then you need to give your account to God one day. Therefore, enjoy your life, but within the boundary of righteousness. And um, the Lord that you need to give account to is Jesus Christ. Okay? That's Christ in Ecclesiastes. Well, today we're going to mention Christ in the Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon I and the Ecclesiastes are the only two books of the Old Testament that, wa that were questioned once on whether they should be kept in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was edited around 400 B.C., by its general editor called Ezra, the biblical Ezra. Okay? He founded something called the Great Sanhedrin. They edited and published the Old Testament in Hebrew. Okay? It's what we have as the Hebrew Bible now. It was later translated into other languages and so on and so on. But in the first century, after the fall of the temple at 70 AD, the uh, remaining sect, the only remaining sect of Judaism is called the Pharisees. They kept the original Bible from the temple. They, they took it out because they have one in the temple for everything else to copy from. That's the original Old Testament. They kept it. And then they debated on whether or not they should re-edit it and kick out two books. One is Ecclesiastes, which seems to be too pessimistic. One is the Song of Solomon, which seems to be too fleshly. If you have read this, sometimes you could blush <laughs> because it's talking about the love between a man and a woman, the lover and the beloved. Okay, The lover is supposedly King Solomon in his youth. <coughs> the beloved is called the Shulamite, the woman from Shulam, the city of Shulam. And um, she was a shepherdess. And um, he fell in love with her and then brought her into his life and uh, married her, and then later they grew old together. And so you can read, it's a, l it's a song about love between a man and a woman. 
And it, yes, it did talk about sex. And the wedding night, man, it, go read it yourself. <laughs> but the point is about love. Okay, Does love include the physical, sexual love? It must be. But it's one kind. And it's not the highest. It's the basic one. It's called eros in Greek. There's a higher one. It's called phileo. It's emotional love. And then there's higher ones called agape, which is a love because of one's nature and because of one's decision of the will. You see, God loves us not because we are lovely. He loves us because of his nature, for God is love. He cannot help but love for what that's what he is. Okay? So he decided to love humans. And especially the elect, that's the church chosen before the foundation of the world. And in time, he also chose Israel. Remember, the church was chosen in eternity for eternity. Israel was chosen in time to play out time. Okay? Two different levels of election, but they are all real. And the chosen ones are specially loved by God, in each in its own sense. We, as believers of Jesus, we are specially loved of God, not by our merit, but because of God's nature and his decision. He said, I love you, and he will love you to the end, no matter what you have done. All sins can be forgiven, but non-repentance is not tolerated. You see, So that is God's love. He wants us to accept his love and then to agree with his standard. Therefore, allow him to make us Holy, that means separated, to be different from the world and to be close to him. And that makes us able to live with God for the eternity to come. Okay. So the love of God is the highest love, is the agape. Okay. And that kind of love is here reflected in this book, the Song of Solomon. Of course, Solomon's love will include all senses. His decision as a king to love a commoner, that's his decision. The commoner has no right in decide that, right? It's the king's decision. Okay? And then his emotional attachment, he does love the woman. Uh, they have a soulish connection. And he does love the woman in body, too. And that is an expression of his highest love to the lowest level. And it's a whole person-to-person -person love. So here in chapter 2, when the beloved, the Shulamite, talk about, talking about feeling, being loved, he said, Like an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among the young men. In his shade I took great delight and sat down, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He has brought me to his banquet hall, and his ba banner over me is love. Sustain, the, uh, sustain me with raisin cakes. Refresh me with apples because I am lovesick. I'll just stop here. Um, the raisin cakes and then apples are considered fruits of love, etc. Christ's love for the church can be compared 
to Solomon's love for the Shulamite. Because he decided to love us, not because of us uh, as lovely, be uh, because we are sinless. It's despite of our sin, he decided to love us. Okay? And his love will include providing us, letting us know and feel being loved in all the senses, in the highest spirit senses, spiritual senses, in the soulish connection, and in the bodily, he will provide for our needs. Okay? So, yes, this song is talking about actual love between a man and a woman. But it does have a spiritual application where Solomon represents Christ and the Shulamite represents the church. We can feel being loved if we try to sense Christ's love by accepting his grace and by trying to live in obedience and in honoring his name. And then you will know it and you will never forget it. So let's remember Christ's love. It's all started from his incarnation and it was culminated on his crucifixion and resurrection and ascension. He's now sitting on the right hand of God the Father and he promised that sh he shall come back. Before the judgment of the world, he will rapture his church, the living ones, and he will resurrect the church, the dead ones. And we will all have the glorified body as he has now and will be freed from sin, from evil, from death, from pain. And we shall all celebrate by drinking real wine then. Right now, we'll be happy to remember him by eating this unleavened bread, to remember his sacrifice before he gave us his body broken on the cross, and he also shed his blood on the cross. But this also represents he shall celebrate when he comes again. So we're living between the past and future, and let's right now remember our identity and be loyal to his name. Okay. The body of Christ was given to us on the cross. We take this unleavened bread in remembrance of his sacrifice. The blood of Christ was shed on the cross. We drink this juice in remembrance of sacrifice and also remembering his second coming. Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, and our Savior, we come to you honoring you, for you have loved us beyond any reasonable expectation. You have entered the world that you created for us, and you have given your life for paying our sins. We are the result of your redemption and you sending the Holy Spirit in regeneration. Now we are alive in spirit again. We're now in Christ, in you. We are receivers of your grace, and we're the ones who are preserved for the resurrection and the rapture. And um, during the time, we are commanded to be sanctified. We are here to give you our pledge that we will believe in you, we will try to live a life honoring you, and we'll try to cooperate with the Holy Spirit who resides in us to let him sanctify us, make us sanctus, holy, to be set apart, different from the world, and be closer and closer to your nature, which is God's nature. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.